Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to AMBETS Radio. At AMBETS Radio, we're dedicated to providing the who, what, where, when, and why of everything AMBETS nationwide. For over 50 shows now, AMBETS Radio not only educates, but tries to inspire all veterans serving veterans with interviews that are not only thought-provoking, but through humor, decades of wisdom, lots of great stories, and of course, information about AMBETS. It's our goal at AMBETS Radio that after hearing this show, you'll walk away different than you arrived. We thank you for taking the time to listen to AMBETS Radio. And for more information, including upcoming shows or previous ones, visit AMBETSRadio.com. Now sit back and relax, buckle up and get ready, because the AMBETS Radio train is about to leave the station. Well, if anybody of you knows that song, I think you would know that if you look at our world today, you'll come to find that our society in itself is no different than the society hundreds and hundreds and thousands of years ago. The only difference is the people in it. It's just, it's amazing to me how we come full circle And on tonight's AMBETS radio show, we've got some mixture of topics, but before we get started, I think it's very important for us to take a moment and please stand with me while we do our national anthem and we're going to come back. We've got a dedication to our show tonight for an AMBET member that has passed away, and then we will go on with the topic. And our topic tonight is pretty good. It's going to be interesting because I've got a veteran friend of mine who's had an issue with censorship. And I just thought that tonight would be a great night. So in the meantime, please stand as we pay honor to our nation.
Well, folks, welcome to AMBETS Radio Show number 81. Today is October 23rd, 2018, and we are in the brand new Painter's Dream Production Studio in Sparta, Tennessee, and I am so excited, and I want to first of all thank you for taking the time to listen to AMBETS Radio. It is an honor and a privilege to not only be able to serve those that have served for me, but to be able to pay honor to those that deserve to be honored. Before we get started with tonight's show, I would like to bring on one of our correspondences for AMBETS Radio. Let's bring on Vanessa. Vanessa, how are you doing Good evening, tonight, Terry. dear? Oh, we're, you we're hanging right? in there. Yeah, we're doing all well, right. You know, as you know, um, we are going to dedicate tonight's show to Bob Cora, but I wanted to do, and as you begin to understand how important these dedications are, would you be so kind to please read the obituary for him, please? And then we're going to uh, bring on a family member who's going to talk about him. Absolutely, Perry. Robert D. Bob Cora, at the age of 59, from Marion, Indiana, passed away this Sunday, October 21st, 2018, in his home. He was born March 24 of 1959 in Marion, Indiana, to the late Ewell D. Cora and Lucy M. Rice Woodard. His mother survived. He married Debbie Nail on May 1st, 2010, who also survived. He served in the United States Navy as a seaman. He was an owner and operator truck driver, and he had also worked as a new county music talent promoter. Robert was a member of the First Church of God of Marion, a past commander of Anvets Post 5 in Marion, and he was also a state officer for the Sons of Anvets. He organized the Anvets Riders for Post 5. He enjoyed playing pool in the APA League, playing nine ball, and also had played for the poorhouse in Gas City. He loved riding his motorcycle and spending time with his friends and family. He loved his babies to the moon and back, and they called him Papa. Robert was a loyal husband, friend, and brother. He would always try to help in any way that he could. He is survived by his wife, Debbie Cora of Marion, his mother, Lucy M. Eric Woodard of Marion, two daughters, Amber and Elisa Patterson, both of Marion, stepson, Paul Oaks of Wabash, uh, brother, Jeffrey Riddle of Marion, Sisters Barbara Skip Wilson of Marion, Joanne Cora of South Bend, and Deanna Porter of Kokomo. Brother-in-law Donald Nancy Nail Jr. of Henrietta, Texas. Sister-in-law Diane, Diana Nail of Marion. Three grandchildren, Jaden Patterson, London Patterson, and Liam Abbott and several nieces, nephews, cousins, and special friends, too many to name. He was also preceded in death by his grandparents, John and May Rice, his first wife, Sandy Price Cora, his stepson, Gary Walters, and brother, Ewell Cora, Jr. The family would like to extend a special thanks to his niece and nephew, Michelle and Michael, and also Ashley, 
from Family Care Family Life Care Hospice. Friends and family may call from 3 to 7 p.m. on Wednesday, October 24, 2018, at the Raven Choate Funeral Home, at uh, located at 1202 West Kim Road in Marion, Indiana. Services will be held at 11 a.m. Thursday, October 25, 2018, at the First Church of God, 400, 450 West 50th Street in Marion, Indiana, with Pastor Jonathan Seacrest officiating. The burial will take place in the Gardens of Memory, Huntington County, Indiana, immediately following funeral services. Memorial contributions may be made to the MVETS Writers Post 5 in care of the funeral home or of the Lymphoma and Leukemia Society at www.lls.org. Um, I've also been in uh, contact with, let me pull that up, Chip Mars, and um, they have an, put out an invitation that any writers that would like to assist in escorting Bob, um, they are welcome to come that day and do so. Awesome. Thank you so much, Vanessa. I know it's not easy to do that. I appreciate that. But let's go ahead and let's take a moment in silence on behalf of Bob Carr. Bob, we dedicate this show to you. Thank you for your service to AMBETS. I would like to now bring on, and I was supposed to bring on a gentleman named Mark, uh, but he has not seemed to call in yet. And so it looks like the next person that we're going to get called on, and we're going to put her on the spot. And who knows? I don't even know if she knows Bob, but we're going to find out. 
Uh, Gloria, do you know Bob? Because Mark's not on. <laughs> Mark's been trying to call, and it keeps saying the show's not on yet. Which What phone number did he call? Um, the number that... It should be 319-527-6081. Yes. He said he's tried four, probably five or six times by now. But he's trying. Okay. Let me, uh, I wonder. He just now again and said it, said it again. You know, you got to love technology, especially at times like this. I know. Your show has not yet started. Really? So the show is, oh, no, that's 6180. I called the wrong number. Hold on. Maybe he's calling 6180 instead of 6081. Let me see. you got to love when this happens. Again, I, that's what I, I love about Ambet's radio. Because really, no, see, that's going to the different number. See if he's doing me, 6081. Okay, let me text him the right, this number that I'm on, and then maybe we can get him on. Yeah, I'm not in any rush. I'm not going anywhere. And anybody who's listening to Ambet's radio, I know y'all are going to be patient, because that's just what we do. Okay, let me text him this. All the guests are good. Everybody's relaxed, so it's not a big deal. I, I'm trying to call for my cell phone. Hello? Welcome to Block Talk yep. Radio. Have them do 6081. That's the issue. Okay, in the you meantime, should have that. We'll be calling in. Okay, hold on one second. Let me. Uh, we're going to run a quick uh, PSA. Less than thirty seconds. We'll be right back, folks. Don't go anywhere. We're going to give him time to call on in. If you're a veteran looking to file for your service-connected benefits through the Department of Veterans Affairs, don't go it alone. And that's highly trained service officers stand ready to walk you through the process at VA regional offices around the country, helping you to navigate the complex VA system free of charge. With new presumptions for Agent Orange exposure and other conditions, AMVETS can offer you the advice you need to finally receive all of your earned benefits. In 2009 alone, AMVETS helped process more than 65,000 claims and appeals, securing more than $410 million in benefits. To find your nearest AMVETS service officer or to learn more, visit Amvets.org. Welcome back to Amvets Radio, show number 81. Mark, how you doing, sir? Thank you for your patience. I apologize for you not being able to get right through. Oh, that's okay. You're on now. How are you tonight? <laughs> well, how are you tonight? You know, uh, doing pretty well. Um, under the circumstances, we always dedicate the first part of our radio show to any Ambet member that has passed away. I just want to thank you for taking the time tonight to uh, to help uh, share some stories or some information uh, about Bob. Yeah, he was a good man. He uh, actually, I've known him for a little over four years, and you know, I I put on my Facebook page yesterday last night that you know there's a time in your life when you meet somebody for the first time and you become instant friends best friends and bob was one of those guys and i met him at post five one night 
and uh, I had just signed up to be a post member, and he walked by, and the and the lady that signed me in or took my information and all that, she introduced me to Bob, and man, it just clicked right then, you know. And uh, he looked at me and said, "Are you a rider? You got a bike?" I said, "Yeah." He says, "Well, once you join the riders." So I said, "Okay." And it's been a friendship that I'll never forget the rest of my life, you know. So he was a good man. He uh, he was a past post commander at Post Five. He was the judge advocate, and then on the riders, he was the judge advocate on the riders, and. Uh, and I'm the president of the writers now, and if I ever needed anything to find any information about rules and regulations, I'd go to him. Mm-hmm. That man, I, I want to tell you what, I think the people that wrote the rules and regulations probably cannot, out of the top of their head, if you ask them what that rule means and what page it's on, because Bob can Mm. And and he could do that from the national side to the state side to the post side. You know, he he could he you could call him and ask him something. He says, "Yeah, this is what it means, and this is what page it's on." And I'm like, "You got a photographic memory?" And he goes, "No." <laughs> he said, "I've just read it a lot." You know, <laughs> so yeah. And he he could sure make you laugh too. You know, he, he had a very good sense of humor. He had a heart of gold. I, I, you know, I, I know if he had only fifteen cents in his pocket and you needed fifteen cents, he'd give you that fifteen cents and he'd go find the other penny for you. You know, that's the type of person he was. So he's going to be greatly missed. I mean, I, I cherish the times we had together. We did a lot of writing together. We had a lot of just sitting down talking and about life in general. And uh, he's got a good family, you know, and uh, I pray for them. I've been praying for him for a long time because Bob's been fighting this for quite some time. And uh, it was hard to see him go through this situation. And then his wife, Deb, was just, you know, she was there constantly, day in and day out, you know, with him every step of the way. And uh, she, i tell you what, she, I don't think I could go through the stuff that she's went through and be able to not just break down and and say, no, it's done. I can't do it no more. But she stood right there every every second, every minute. Every minute, every second, she stood there. So my thoughts and prayers are to her and the kids. And and the next couple of days is going to be real hard because... Give me a minute. No problem here. So, you know, his wishes are that us riders get together so 
we're going to do that for him. That's right. I'm sorry, man. We're going to take him to his final resting place. So, I'm sorry. No, no. It, it's a hard time for his family, for you guys, for the Ambets family. Um, so never apologize for that. Again, I, I, I know uh, sometimes whenever we do these dedications, it's hard to get someone to come on because it's so fresh and new in their minds and they're afraid that they're going to lose it or not, you know, not be able to effectively communicate. But the fact is there isn't any right answer. You know what I mean? You know what, you know what, That's you know. True. So the fact that you are willing to take this time to share what you knew and the manner in which you did. I know his family appreciates it. I know there are people listening right now who are specifically listening to the show because they know we do this. They always know that every time somebody has moved on uh, that we want to dedicate it to them because they're worth it. I mean, again, Ambet's radio wouldn't be Ambet's radio if we didn't do this. So we appreciate you taking the time. And of course you, you did say you were the president of the writers. So uh, I do have a question for you. Um, do you have any upcoming events or anything in relating to the Ambest Riders that you'd like to share while I have you on? Because I haven't had you on the show yet, I don't believe. Have you been on before? Or is this the first time? No, it's the first time. Well, this won't so, be the last. I hope not. No, no. Anytime there, you ever have uh, any announcements or anything, just know you're always welcome on the show. Any, We have it every okay. Tuesday at the same time, 7 o'clock. Okay. Well, we have uh, we the writers have five, actually six people now that we we kind of you know taken in at the VA in Marion, Indiana, and people that they're all you know patients that are there, you know that have no families or anything, and we buy their Christmas every year and we buy their birthday gifts. And uh, we go there and give it to them. So that's coming up in December. Uh, we kind of, we do have a bazaar uh, November the 3rd at the post. It's, we got like 30 plus vendors that's going to be there selling stuff. And we take the proceeds from that and it goes into our fund where we, you know, all of our money that we collect goes straight back to a veteran, whether it's for those six people out at the VA. But we also, we look for a very person that in town or surrounding area that is down on their luck. They have no money. They have kids. They can't buy Christmas or anything. So what we do is we, we get one, a family, and we buy their Christmas. We buy for, you know, the wife, the kids, and, 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 and him or her, whichever one was in the military. And we buy all their Christmas gifts, and we buy food for them so they can enjoy Christmas Day. And we also like to take donations, and especially we go out every June, we do a ride out to the uh, soldier's home in West Lafayette, Indiana. And we take, we have taken, I don't want to say it, it was a big, big band. We had nothing but donations for them. 
and it 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 makes me choke up when I go out to places like that and into the VA and I see these people and you know and they say well they don't have no family you know and I'm like well yeah they do they got they got us and that's one thing I love about the AMVETS it's all about helping a veteran in need and uh, you know just that that part of it, it, it's kind of a struggle sometimes to get things going. But, you know, once we get it going and, like, we've been doing this bizarre for – we did it twice last year and we're doing it again this fall, like I said, November the 3rd. And hopefully we have a big turnout. The fall bazaar has been really, really big. And – you know, we we get we get we let people know that come in there that's never been there, and they well, what do you guys do? Well, it's veterans helping veterans, and that's that's what we do. You know, I've seen it too many times that you know somebody comes home, whether they've been in a you know overseas or whatever, and they come home and. They're just kind of shoved to the side, and, you know, it's hard for them to get back into the workplace and stuff like that, and we we got to step up and help these people, and I think we, as a group of, that I've seen from man vets in the different posts around our area, you know, they do that, and it's all of them at one time, but, you know, one at a time, we can get to them and help them and it helped them succeed in the, for the rest of their life. So that actually reminds good... me of a, that, that reminds me of a story that I recently told about a starfish and a woman that uh, was on top of a mountain. She was looking down on the beach and saw another person throwing things in the water. And as she moved down, she noticed that there were starfish watching up on the beach and there were thousands. And she walked down and said, well, you're not going to get all, all of them. Are you? She said, nope, reached down, picked one up and said, but I just saved that one. And that's exactly what you're talking about. It's one veteran at a time, yeah. one issue at a time. Exactly. Well, you know, it, it, you know, like I was going to say earlier, this next two days is going to be really hard. And I, you know, I'm going to be a pallbearer for him, plus we're going to ride. And uh, just going to miss my buddy. He he was a truck driver, but, and he always drove at nighttime. And with him traveling like he does or did and like I do, I travel all over everything east of the Mississippi. And I could be driving home on a Friday. It could be 7, 8 o'clock at night. My phone would ring and be him. He said, what are you doing? I'm saying, I said, Bob, I'm driving. I said, what are you doing? He says, I'm driving. I says, he said, where are you at? I said, well, I'm about 50 miles from the house. Where are you at? He says, oh, I just pulled off 18 on 69 heading down south. I said, so you just started work. You act like you've been working for 10 hours already. <laughs> he says, no, man, I just started. Uh, yeah. I said, I've worked all day, and I've still got drive time. He goes, must be nice to be going home. I'm like, dude, you just came from home. He says, yeah. 
got to make the money. I said, yeah, I know. But yeah, he he was always <laughs> he 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 would crack me up because he called me and he said, "What are you doing?" I said, "Well, I'm just relaxing." Would you work today? I said, "Well, Bob, I'm sitting in the hotel room, so yeah, I I did work today." <laughs> he goes, "Okay." So I just want to make sure you got dirty. I said, "Yeah, I got dirty today." Yeah, we just joke around like that. But he was very knowledgeable, you know. He 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 knew a lot of stuff. Uh, he was very uh, how I want to say it. He 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 could he could take something from the news they'd seen on TV, and by the time they got done talking about the whole thing on the news, he had it dissected and figured it out that quickly. And <laughs> it was just amazing to listen to him, how he could come up with all this stuff. And, and basically, like he said, he said, Mark, it's just common sense. You know, he said, <laughs> in his words, he says, that's the problem with a lot of this, the stuff going on. People don't have common sense. And I'm like, yeah, you're right there to a certain point, but yeah, we we had a lot of good times, a lot of good times. And uh, well, I certainly appreciate you taking the time to share with them. Uh, too bad he's not here now because if he was, we're about to get in, into the conversation of censorship. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm yeah. sure he'd have a lot to say about that one. That's true. That's true. Well, as I told you, Mark, you're always welcome on the show anytime. All you need to do is either send me a message or an email, um, and, and I'll, I'll collect some contact information from you. I've got your cell phone, and uh, I'll connect you properly. So anytime you or any of the riders or anyone from Ambets has any kind of an announcement or upcoming event that you guys want to help promote, we'll get you on the next Tuesday. I appreciate that. And, and you know what? And I'll be honest with you. I found out about the AMVETS radio yesterday. I I didn't even know AMVETS had a radio station. So it was like, really? And I didn't And you're the I president of, of AMVETS Writers for Indiana? And you didn't know? Yes. Wow. No. Well, I take I'm, full I'm, responsibility I'm for that. I, I'm the president right of the Writers of Post 5. Oh, uh, Post 5. Okay. Yeah, Post you. 5. Well, yeah. next time you get an opportunity, go, go to ambetsradio.com, and there's a link for a flyer. If you could print it out and just bring it to one of your meetings and show them, that would surely help us get the word out. Oh, okay. We will do that. And we are 81 shows in, so, I mean, listening to 80 shows is only 80 hours, so if you've got nothing else better to do, you can just watch the last 80 shows. <laughs> <laughs> We've had no, no. Listen, we've had some. We you have to understand. Some of our shows are very topical. Like we've had one on PTSD. We've had one on veterans homelessness. We just had one on uh, on transitioning veterans. Uh, we've had stuff on uh, drug abuse. We've had so. I mean, the shows are powerful. The, the, tonight happens to be kind of an open flow, just because again. Uh, Anytime the guests start coming on and I know who they're going to be, it's kind of how I shape the show. But I had a very 
very dear veteran friend of mine who just dealt with a big censorship issue with his internet service and everybody needs to hear about it. So that's going to be our topic tonight. And, and again, you don't have to hang up. You can listen to the show right from your phone if you want, or you can go to ambetsradio.com and click it from your computer. I was trying to explain to an 85 year old veteran tonight, uh, today at, at my new office, he came by and he said, well, I don't understand. Is your show AM or FM? I said, neither. I said, sir, this internet goes all over the world. This isn't just limited to only AM or FM. He said, oh, well, this is uh, uh, I'll call in and listen. Okay. So you just never know. But we certainly appreciate yeah. you taking the time. And uh, thank you again, Mark. Okay, thank you. All right, sir. And, folks, we are not going to go to a PSA only because I just found out uh, I got a message from the national commander of, uh, of AMBETS, uh, Reed Riley, that he was listening to the show. He didn't say he needed to be on with any announcements, but because he's listening, I do want to turn on his mic and open up an opportunity. Um, he has uh, 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 been a fan of this radio show since the beginning, and that's the reason why I'm going to cut right to this. Howard, don't go anywhere, brother. You're coming up next. I just want to get the national commander on. Reed, how you doing, sir? I'm doing fine. Barry, how's everybody doing? We're doing well. Matter of fact, tonight we're going to be talking about censorship. But before we do that, I just wanted to open up the floor. It's great to have you on. Any announcements, any news, anything we need to know about regarding AMBETS? Well, uh, first of all, uh, on Saturday I'll be leaving for uh, Taiwan. My wife and I and the Madam President and her her companion are all heading out to Taiwan uh, to uh, continue our relationships with the Taiwanese uh, uh, government and the veterans out there. Uh, it's it's always a pleasure for uh, the AMBET's uh, national commander and Madam President uh, to, to go there and to continue that relationship. Um, first of all, uh, I, I'd like to uh, extend my condolences to uh, Bob and his family uh, uh, for the loss of uh, from what I heard just recently, uh, uh, one, one heck of a, um, a great Ambet Sons a writer, uh, uh, an Ambet, uh, as far as I'm concerned, he's an Ambet in, in every aspect of the word. Uh, he, he cared about his organization, he cared about the, the community, and he cared about uh, his family. And uh, I, I couldn't say enough. I never met the man. I wished I had the pleasure, but uh, he... he uh, he was an abbot in, in, in the true sense of the word. And again, my condolences to his family. Mm. Yes, sir. So do you have any up? You got any news pieces for us? You know, you know how much Ambet's radio loves new news. <laughs> well, we've uh, been uh, spreading the word about uh, Ambet's radio to uh, yeah. get us uh some money to uh, send to you guys and, and and keep this program on on the uh, on the air. Uh, it's it's a very it, it's important not only to just the Avets but to the ladies auxiliary, the, the sons, the juniors, the the riders, and and all of us to uh, get together, uh, support this radio program, and and to uh, keep you on the air. And uh, uh, I know I know people who I've talked to. I told them about Avets Radio back where I live. And they listen uh, uh, faithfully. Uh, they, they don't call in or nothing, but they they are just learning the ropes about AMVETS and what we're all about. And 
So you may be getting people calling from Pennsylvania saying, hey, I want to know about this, I want to know about that. Well, you certainly know me. I'm wide open. This is all about you guys. So whatever we can do to help promote the AMVETS in whatever shape or form, that's what we're ready to do. Okay, I have one more thing before I go. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cut out and let, let you get into your regular program, which you have for, uh, for tonight. But uh, don't forget uh, the best-kept secret about veterans is the female veteran. Let's make sure that we, we take care of them because they are just a part of us as, as anybody else is. And let's spread the word that uh, if anybody knows any, any female veteran who has problems uh, finding a job, a home, uh, we're here. We, we, we got a new program uh, was just put on my desk yesterday uh, regarding uh, a home that's been starting up in Buffalo, New York, uh, regarding uh, female veterans and their children. Um, and uh, it's going to be on a, a website here in the next couple of days. So uh, if any of your listeners have any problems uh, as far as being a female veteran uh, and, and getting a job or any assistance, Please get on to the uh, website, and uh, you'll be able to find, uh, hopefully, the solutions to the problems that you need to work out. Awesome. Well, thank you, Reed. We always appreciate you being on. And there is one last question I have to ask you, and I think you, you knew I was going to ask it. So you've been at this job now since when? Since September? September 1. So you just had your first month. Was it what you were expecting? <laughs> uh yeah, and then and then some. Uh, it's it's when 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 you when I first sat in the seat um, to to replace not replace Marion but but to uh, uh, move on uh, or sit into where you know he had sat and everyone who else has gone before him and I'm sure Marion feels the same way. Uh, you take a deep breath and say, "Well, here we go," and. Um, we we've had some uh, some small problems that we've taken care of already uh, uh we've got the uh the uh, state department's taking care of business without having to, to come to national uh, and a few small instances and uh it's 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 been pretty rewarding so far we we've had one or two uh, uh problems that uh, you know we're still trying to work out which we will get worked out uh, in the next uh, two weeks um, it seems like everybody in the organization is coming together, and they're they're doing things the right way. And if you have a problem at your post, take care of it at your post. If you can't take care of it at your post, you do the chain of command, and hopefully it doesn't have to come to national. Small problems are usually taken care of on the post level, and um, very seldom they get to the state department or or national. But um, the thing is, we're here for anybody, whatever they need. We're able to help them out and, and, and get the problems resolved on a smaller level where we don't have to carry it on over and over and over again. By any chance, have you heard anything from the NFL, or is that a dead issue now? Well, no, I don't think it's a dead issue. Um, I don't know if you've seen on um, Facebook um, a couple of people in Pennsylvania, and I'm not saying whether it's from where I live or not, but um, they they put the picture of uh, Villanueva, uh, the lineman for the Pittsburgh Steelers, back up on the on the uh, Facebook, and it says, uh, "Let's make this man famous because he is a true American. He is a veteran, and he does play in the NFL." And uh, when I first seen it, 
uh, Monday of last week, and then I looked at it again yesterday. It got like a hundred thousand hits to you know to uh, applaud him for coming out of that locker room when the rest of his team stayed in the locker room. He came out and stood at attention and had his hand over his heart uh, into him being a, a Army Ranger. Uh, uh, three tours in, in Afghanistan, and he plays in the NFL, and he plays for the Pittsburgh Steelers. But it's it's gone viral, and uh, hopefully everybody can pick up on it and spread it even more. That's the plan. That's up. So, that's up. I met I met him. He's a, he's a gentleman. He's a gentle giant, I should say, because I put my hand in his and I lost my hand. <laughs> he's just he's just a big just a big guy, a very very gentle man, and and uh, he does a lot of work with the uh, U.S. Uh, U.S.O. out in the airport out in um, Pittsburgh, where every once in a while he stops by and welcomes. Uh, uh, the, the the soldiers and coming home from deployment or you know uh, uh, their weekend duties or something. He he does it very quietly. He doesn't want the attention, but uh, we're going to try and do something for him. Uh, when Pittsburgh plays Cleveland in Pittsburgh, we're going to try and uh, present him with an Ambit uh, Appreciation Award. But it's, it's tough. Like, it's very tough to, to deal with the NFL and, and their personnel. So well, we're going to try and make it happen. Thank you, Reed, so much for coming on. You know, you're always welcome on the show. Uh, I know that you're uh, very busy. Um, have you had time to spend spend much time with the new veteran secretary? I, I got to meet him uh, when uh, two days after he became the secretary. Uh, we had lunch together. Uh, he he is very very much um, uh, adamant about getting done with the veterans need to get done and 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 that and, and like he said now uh, we have to reevaluate each and every uh hospital and, and and homes and everything to make sure that the veterans aren't sitting on that line saying when's it my turn in other words cutting down the the waiting process you know so they're sure. you know he's he's he seems to be a really down to earth go get him guy you know and i think uh president made a nice choice in, in choosing this guy and uh and he's like i said very down to earth and but he's very very uh wholeheartedly uh for our veterans and, and to get done for them what they need to get done awesome was there anything else which you wanted to mention that you just thought about that you haven't mentioned before we go to our first guest tonight no, uh, I just I just want to say thank you for the time, uh, and I appreciate appreciate everything you guys do at uh, Ambets Radio, and and for the people, your guests, and everybody from the past and present and the future, uh, let's 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 keep Ambets Radio alive. Amen. <laughs> All right, thank you. It's been my pleasure. Thank, thank you so much. Thank you, Commander. Well, it's not every day you get the National Commander of Ambets to call you and make you feel good. It's such a blessing. Now, let me bring on my co-host first. Alex, how you doing, brother? I'm making it, Perry. Vanessa, you there? I'm still here, Perry. Guys, I'm about to introduce to you somebody that is so... You guys have only known me for about a year. But this, our first guest has known me 
since I was about 16 years old. He took me on tour with him. He taught me what not to do in life just by watching him. He is not only a veteran, which we'll, he'll get into, but he's also an entrepreneur of a, of a business called HRA Home Improvement. And recently he sent me an email that was absolutely intriguing. And allow me this opportunity to bring on to AMBETS Radio for the first time, Army veteran, a Mr. Howard Extel. How you doing, brother? Good evening. How are you? Well, it's about time you're on my show. <laughs> <laughs> Can you believe? <laughs> brother, I'm not used to first doing of, this without a microphone, Perry. <laughs> well, but, but, but listen, first of all, thank you for taking the time to join us tonight. This topic is really important, and I don't think people realize just how important it is. So I'm going to shut up and allow you to explain kind of what brought you to this situation and how your information can help hundreds of thousands of people, not including those who don't have DTC. Because what if your other cable companies are doing it and you don't even know about it? I would not be at all surprised. Uh, number one, I'd r- really appreciate you uh, taking the time to let me come on the radio. I'm, it's been some time since I closed mine down, and uh, I just felt uh, my co-host and I felt the bullseye on our back getting bigger and bigger and bigger until one day I looked at him, and he looked at me, and he goes, it's time. And I said, yeah, it's time. So we shut our show down and have avoided any undue attention, I guess would be the best way to put it, uh, <laughs> from the sector of our society that really doesn't care how we feel or about what we have to say. And, uh, you know, I mean, a if our terms and our part of the conversation doesn't match what is desired to be heard, uh, we're bad guys. And so that was kind of the, the genre of our show and, um, and whatnot. And secondly, before anything else, I would like to also offer my condolences to Bob, uh, for Bob, his family, and his friends, very sorry for your loss. And uh, Perry, that's really a nice, um, a nice notice that that you've given of that. Um, I appreciate it. In any event, first I'd like to tell you a story. Well, maybe I'll hold on the story. <laughs> Well, no, I won't either. My first time on my first time on this particular radio setup, I was a co-host learning how to be on a radio show. And it was about eight or ten years ago. And my one day, uh, my host kept telling me, he says, Howard, he said, they're watching my house. They're watching my house. They're watching me. And we had a very controversial show, and he was a very religious guy just as straight up and narrow as it got. Nice guy. And I imagined him to have little horn rim glasses and uh, just be very smart and very astute as far as political affiliations and what it all meant and how it all fell into place. And uh, 
he kept telling me, and I, I kept thinking, you know, God, you're just paranoid. You're just paranoid. And I didn't tell him that. But anyway, our show came up, and we had a once a, once a week, and I was just learning. And that was before I joined Lori Roth. And uh, in any event, our show came up, and I'm sitting there waiting, and nobody showed up. And the night before, he had interviewed the writer of a book called The Franklin Scandal. The Franklin Scandal is a book that describes in depth a place in one of the states up in the northern, northeastern states, I believe, that, uh, that offers a ranch of, uh, for pedophiles, pedophiles and the higher-ups the uh the um, you know people in the government and whatnot they fly there to do their dirty deeds and anyway this fellow uh went underground and he wrote a book about it and my host had interviewed him the night before and that morning the following morning he was gone and the NDAA Act had not been enacted yet by Obama. And it was part of a, what happens in the case of an invasion back in the Reagan days when um, Reagan hired Oliver North to f- uh, propose what to do in the case of an invasion from the South in the United States. So Oliver North wrote up all these different proposal executive orders for Ronald Reagan. And every year since, every administration has taken a piece of those and balled them into a new executive order. So they're extremely hard to follow the the consequential, you know, nature of them until Obama got into office. And he took all those pieces that the previous administrations had balled together and balled them into one. And it's called the Resettlement Act. And he passed that, and nobody, I mean, it was a pencil whip deal. Nobody had a clue what it was, or, you know, they didn't know about it. They didn't tell anybody. And then about four months later, he introduced what was called the NDAA Act which was a little more publicized, but the Resettlement Act was an act where if we're invaded, every piece of property, everything on it, all the waterways, all the water, the air, the roads, everything falls under a certain segment of the federal government. Uh, completely controlled, what you grow on your land, your tractor, what it's used for, uh, everything. Uh, Where you travel, how you travel, uh, what you use water for, whether your spring is yours or not. It is controlled by the federal government under one of their branches. And then the NDAA Act was an act that says if you don't like it, you can be detained and put away for an indeterminate amount of time with no charges. Mm. 
It's called the Terrorist Act. But anyway, which brings me to present day, where we've got a a rift in our society. Uh, We've got what is called the left and what is called the right. Now, (laughs) right is right. (laughs) But um, in any event, uh, it's really become a, a problem. And they've taken it so far that the left have got a number of people that are, they are just hell-bent for leather to shut down anything that is adverse to what um, what their ideology is, what their belief is, um, what their words are. Um, if anything is the opposite, you know, I don't want to be a socialist. I don't want to be a communist. I don't want to see Michael Moore have to give away all his money to keep poor people happy. You know, he worked for but there, it. But, there, but there's people, Howard, who don't realize how close to home this is now extending, which, is, which has happened. I mean, they hear it on the news and they think about it in the politics, and da, 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 but they don't realize close to home how it is affecting everyday people, which is one of the reasons why I wanted you on the show, because you're one person who had this experience. And well, how many else out there are, are going through this? And we wouldn't even got no, into the details. There's more to it than that. I mean, we're there. You know, people do, most people now, I, I did a lot of research for my last book, and it extended into a radio show to sell that book, blah, blah, blah. But uh, in any event, uh, it's gotten us to a place now where there are the wealthy of the left are doing everything with their money and their power to curtail anything that the right is, is trying to accomplish, which, as we've seen, lower taxes, uh, there's more jobs than there are people. Uh, I mean, whether you like the guy or not, he is knocking the bottom out. Now, one of the things that they have done is this censorship. And, of course, I've been reading about it just livid. Because, I mean, that is the first, uh, the first Amendment right that everybody gets. But when Louis Farrakhan can get on Twitter and talk about Jewish termites, and then they take somebody like uh, Alex Jones or, or uh, Glenn Beck and boots them off, for recounting what they read, what they read and what they heard from the mainstream media. So, I mean, if it's from the mainstream media, of course it's fact. But they get kicked off and Louis Farrakhan doesn't for hate speech. And then I go one day and I, I come and I'm looking at my email and I, I get my news off of my emails. I don't uh, I can stand about five minutes of mainstream TV before it makes me mad. It makes me want to punch somebody. But um, in any event, because they're just so rude and they're so wrong. And uh, 
I realized that my emails, the 80, 60 to 80 emails I was getting a day, were down to about 15 or 20. And I'm going, wait a minute, what's going on here? And it went on for about three weeks, maybe four weeks, and finally I said, there is definitely a problem. And I went to these different websites, the ones that I could actually remember, and I signed up for their, you know, for their service delivery. And I wasn't getting them. So I have all of my corporation's emails forwarded through Comcast to my DTC my local DTC service supplier out of Alexandria. <clears throat> and I'm in Woodbury here, so we've, we've got an office here as well. But um, anyway, I, I called Camco- or Comcast, and I just crawled all over them. I spent probably four or five hours, you know, trying to figure out why, with their texts, my mail was not being forwarded to my address here. So I formed a second email, and I called DTC, and I had them uh, give me a second email address, or a third, and I forwarded all of my emails to that one. It didn't work. So finally I decided to believe what the guy at Comcast was saying. He was saying, your problem is with your server on your end, something on your end. So I got DTC on the phone. And I spent about an hour with this young tech. And we got about an hour into it. We checked all my settings. Everything was perfect. Everything should be working perfectly. And then he says, wait a minute. There's something else here. He goes, you've got a company called Graymail filtering your mail. I said, what are you talking about? He said, DTC provided uh, mail filtration. And I said, you've got to be kidding me. He says, yeah. He says, I'll forward you the link. So he forwards me the link, and I go to the link, and I'm able to tell how many how many pieces of mail I'm missing because they save it on Comcast. So I was able to go back and find out I had 500 messages up there still. And uh, and so I'm... I'm <laughs> I go into this this receivership, and it's giving me a daily notice. I've got about eight of them in a row, and I pull them up, and there's about 40 or 50 on each one. And they've been, they've been filtered out as spam. Anything in reference to Trump, anything. Uh, anybody in, in Trump's administration, God, anything in reference to Christian religion. Uh, It had left out, inconveniently for me, several notices from the state, then called spam, that uh, was notifying me of documents that they had to have before a certain date, which I missed. And God knows what else. In any event, it gives you the option of selecting and then releasing those back to your emails but until I talked to this fella and I went back up to Comcast and I changed my forwarding back to my original and lo and behold I'm not getting any notification and I'm missing all the emails (laughs) 
So basically what the kid and I accomplished was he was able to get the email that he and I were discussing where I was being advised, you know, by email by this company called Graymail that I had certain items that are quarantined on their website. And my original one that they were forwarded to, there's no notification. So the only reason that I was being, that I'm being notified now, which is no guarantee that I get them all, is because I talked to this kid and he forwarded me that link. Um, I complained to DTC and they've made this link happen every day now. And there's probably about 40 or 50 a day that are quarantined. And the only reason I know is because of this kid, this tech with DTC, and the fact that I complained. My point in all this is, if you are a DTC customer, and you get any of your news, and you want to know what's going on, and you don't want to listen to the TV, because I promise you, nine-tenths of what you're hearing on the mainstream media is bull. I mean, it is some of the most whacked-out, self-derived stuff I have ever heard. And how they get away with it, I will never know. Um, it's fake news, and it's it's completely agen- agended. Um, with that... Um, I pray for the midterms, and it's funny that this happened to my email just a month before the midterms. The timing, it cannot be a coincidence. It's, it's mm. got to be in a, direct, a directed attempt. As a matter of fact, I can read right off of Graymail's own statement. Um, Graymail, delivering the world's safest inboxes. EdgeWave eliminates email-borne security risks for organizations and people in the face of targeted, socially engineered attacks. And they decide what they consider to be a socially engineered attack. So there you have it. All right, Alex. Come on, brother. You are the devil's advocate. This is this is right in your arena. Have you experienced any of this yourself, Alex? Well, Perry, I think everybody in America has experienced this at one point or another, but it's, you know, I, I have my own political beliefs, and, you know, I lean further to the right than most, but the fact of the matter is it's not really a no, left or right it, issue. It's a First Amendment issue. That's right. Thank you. It's, thank it's, you. It's, thank a, you, it's a First Amendment you. issue, but in the same sense, you have to think about it this way. You know, in... in Today's day and age, I mean, let's be honest, we're, we're very concerned about offending people, you know, and it, it, it's a fine line. I, I don't like going down the political route, but, you know, uh, it, it's, whew, it, it's a tough issue. I mean, when you think about censorship in, in many different facets, I mean, when you're seeing the censorship, it's coming from a private company. It's not coming from the government and as of the law, as the law sits right now in America, censorship, the ban, the censorship laws in America are mostly based on the government 
censoring the people, not the other way around. A private enterprise in America right now has the right to censor any speech it really wants. You know, if it's a publicly traded company, on the other hand, that's a little different. But the way that the censorship laws are worded in the United States, along with the First Amendment laws, a uh, private company, if you're using their servers, if we're talking about internet-based company, if you're using their private servers to conduct business in any facet, I mean, they have the right under the laws of the United States to censor content the way that they feel best to do so. So, I mean, it's, it's a gray line. Huh. I was thinking more along the lines of invasion of privacy, but you're absolutely correct. Um, Alex, is it? Yes. Uh, uh, my name is Alex Colley. I'm the co-host of the show. Sorry, I came in a little bit late today. Today's been a little bit hectic on Friday. My house flooded, so I've been dealing with contractors and water damage restoration people all week, and it's just been a little hectic, but, you know, I'm here, and... Uh... <laughs> I agree. Well, on, on this subject, I don't know. I've got my political views, and I've, it's something that I study very closely, and, I, you know, I see who is... I, I see where it's coming from. Uh, mm-hmm. the, the First Amendment issues are actually, uh, they're being used. And they're being used in, in such a manner, you know, whether they're publicly traded or not, they're being used to curtail all information from reaching all individuals. And that's Well, there, there I, would be no different than, like, a perfect example. If you had a Facebook page, sir, right? If you have your own private Facebook page, you know, and someone's coming on your Facebook page spouting, like, you know, if you don't like Farrakhan, you need to get out. Right. You, you have the right to remove that from your Facebook page because it doesn't coincide with your beliefs. Well, sure. And, and, and that's, I think, the way that we're seeing a lot of these privately traded companies are. They're, they're going across their, you know, what they believe in. I mean, it, it's kind of along the same lines, you know, of private employers and what medical benefits they choose to allow to be provided by the company. And it's, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a hard issue. And I mean, the invasion invasion of privacy, when you look at it, you know, Facebook even had this issue where they had to sit and testify before Congress, Mark Zuckerberg. And, you know, it's, it's the, I think one of the big problems is when people sign up to these apps or to these services they don't take the time to read the terms of use and the privacy information that comes along with the terms and terms and agreements. Absolutely. Because, you know, oh, really know. in the it's fact, just... when, they... when it comes down to it, you know, we need to read those things before we sign and just click and say, I'm not going to read a 16 page document about what they're going to do with my information. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, the problem here is, is DTC is a highly proprietary business. They have right. got a, they have got an iron grip on a huge sector of tennis, Middle Tennessee because they mm-hmm. are the only service available. And you know, if you own a business and you're going to offer an added service, typically mm-hmm. you you let them know. <laughs> well, they do if when it, you when you would, when you read the terms I, and the conditions. True. You know, I, I haven't taken the full time to read the full terms and conditions of GTC, but I, I'm almost positive that it would be mentioned in there what you're signing away. Kind of like 
perfect example. There were a lot of people up in arms about the, you know, ancestry DNA or genealogy.com DNA or one, uh, uh, oh, what was the other one? But there's all these DNA ancestry and genealogy tests out there. Well, what most people aren't doing is when they sign over that DNA test to tell what their genealogy is, is they're literally signing over the rights to their DNA and their DNA profile. Now, this company, if they so choose, now own the rights to the knowledge of your DNA and, and therefore anything they want to do with it. Federal government could come to them and say, hey, there's been a couple murders. Can we just run this DNA that we got from the crime scene through your database, and we'll just hope that it hits somebody. And you've seen <laughs> several people be convicted based off of that, and their family members convicted based off of that which is no different than me finding a cigarette on a, on a park bench and somebody who's in the system that goes to jail for committing a crime, their DNA will pop up as a relative, either a family member, like paternal, and they'll use mitochondrial DNA to determine genealogy of that suspect, people that are already in the system. Now, this is a I privately traded that. company, but, but, yep, the, but that's the thing that. is people don't read these terms and conditions when they go and sign up for these services. Now you're literally signing away your rights to your DNA, the company therefore owns those rights now to that, that DNA and can do what they please with it because the person was just like, oh, this is cool. I'm going to pay 30 bucks and know where I came from. And now next thing you know, their dad's going to jail for a crime he committed 30 years ago. Right. Wow. <laughs> Interesting. Interesting. You're absolutely correct. I've heard about that. No kidding. I don't know. I just I'd like people. People to be aware that they're. And it's definitely good to be aware, and I think that comes up to the higher thing is you know we're in a society of instant gratification. You know you could drive up to any fast food restaurant, and in three minutes you could have a Big Mac and a side of fries that usually take about an hour for you to cook at home. <laughs> and yeah, right. you know in our society we we have become so lackadaisical with the effort that we put into everyday minute details that we are bothered by the fact that we have to read sixteen pages to know what we're doing with the products we're using. I mean, I know people who are too, be, you know, who are too bothered to read the instruction manual on how to put their Ikea chair together. <laughs> yeah, right. Yep. Yep. So, no I mean, it, it, it's, a, it's a very slippery slope, and, you know, and we have to determine at what point is it a personal accountability issue? Is it a company issue? Is it a, a terms and conditions issue? Is it, you know... I don't know. I, I have a feeling that um, it's going to be taken. It's going to be taken a lot further, and I don't know what direction it's going to go. Um, I, I'm hopeful that it'll be added services from companies that, well, they probably <laughs> they probably will do the same thing, but it'll be on the opposite foot. Um, but. Um, in any event, just to make people aware, anybody who's using DTC and you see any difference in the volume or um, verbiage in your emails, um, call get a tech and find out what's going on with your email, and then maybe you can get the notifications that I get. And you're able to retrieve a certain amount of those missing emails that refer to religion, Trump and anything that has to do with conservatives. And now it is illegal. It is illegal to receive robocalls or texts from anybody, even if it is for political basis. Now there are laws on that, 
But when it comes to that, I'm not 100% positive when it comes to, you know, the the blocking of, of messages. Right. Now I know it's a week. Yeah. So I, I'm not 100% clear on the law, but um, I, I do know as but, far as privately traded companies, you know, it's based on their board of trustees and their executive directors and, you know, their, their shareholders. So exactly. I mean, I, I don't know. It's just it's quarantining of specific venue, a specific venue. I think that offends me personally uh, because it's where I get my news. You know, and right. yes, I am I am a corporation, and it is a business account. Uh, but if you know, I, I didn't get any notification whatsoever. My only notification was I wasn't getting any of my or. Well, I wasn't getting any conservative news, uh, nothing from God and faith. I was getting nothing from uh, anything that had Trump on it. I was getting everything else, but uh, I wasn't getting what I'm used to. And I just, it felt like an invasion of my privacy. And as far as the private, as far as the, uh, the rules of engagement, you are entirely right. I never did read them. I probably won't read them. Um, I may in the future. <laughs> I may in the future, indeed. But it just it bothers me being under a, a uh, what do you call that, when they've got all the business and nobody else can get in there. Monopoly. A monopoly, thank you. And, I mean, they've got a monopoly on a huge sector of rural Tennessee, and that is where a lot of conservative values come from, in my experience. And uh, if other people are going through the same thing that I have gone through, then they need to know. And thus my contribution for this program tonight. (laughs) But... um, so Perry, are you still there? He gets quiet on us from time to time. <laughs> I guess he does. He, he must may, take it. He may still have the mute still on his mic. Yeah. <laughs> Alex, am I still on? <laughs> who, who, who may I have, Who do we have on? Uh, this is Vanessa. Can you hear me? Yes. Uh, it was a little muffled, okay. so it didn't sound like I, your typical voice. I'm sorry, Vanessa. That's, that's okay. I, I didn't know if Perry had muted my mic or not. Um, he sent a message that he got an emergency call, so to hold on. Uh, I don't know. Okay. I haven't heard back. Hope everything's well, okay. We have you. We have you. You on the line. What are your thoughts on the issue? Well, I, I can understand both sides, and the idea that there may be emails or or you know information that I am anticipating getting that gets filtered out without my knowledge, that's, uh, it's, uh, it concerns me. But I understand what you're saying with the terms of service and everything. Um, and it, for me, when I was listening, uh, I went back in my mind, and it's just like when I was in the military, you know, they hand you something to sign. You don't just sign your name on that contract without reading and knowing what it is that you're agreeing to. Right. So, you know. 
um, I've been like at our, our local high school and, you know, they hand me a contract as a parent to sign something about my child and they want me to just sign it without reading through it. So wait a minute. If it takes me five minutes, if it takes me 15 minutes, that's an investment in my child because it could say something that I don't agree with, then I don't want to sign it. Right. Well, as, yeah. as far as like apps and things like that, there are apps that you know a lot of people have. I won't get them because I don't agree with the terms of service. And, you know, when I was talking about the genealogy services and the DNA services we have out there today, like, I grew up in, I grew up in New York, and uh, as anybody who's ever watched, like, Law & Order or Law & Order SVU, any of those shows, you'll notice that everything always comes back to DNA. Oh, we found this cigarette butt. And I always got so paranoid, uh, especially back then, but now even more, like, you know, it, it, it kind of prevents me from wanting to litter now because next thing you know, I drink a can of soda throw it out the window, it leads, lands on a dead body. Next thing you know, I'm the Pepsi-Cola killer. Well, scary, <laughs> and so, isn't like, it? It is. And, I mean, and it comes down to, like, I think companies these days are starting to realize that in this age of instant gratification, they can get away with almost anything they want as long as they put it in the terms and conditions. And you click and say, I read the terms and conditions. And, uh... You know, they, they've realized this. They've realized that society, I mean, you know, we have our heads in Facebook so much. We have our heads in our phones. And, you know, I mean, not 85%, if not more, phones overseas in Japan are waterproof for the sole reason that people were not finding enough time in their day to conduct business, that they needed to actually conduct business calls in the shower. I mean, we are overwhelming ourselves with all this technology and with, you know, and don't get me wrong, technology makes things so much easier. But we're overwhelming ourselves with it, and we're setting back our personal privacy and our, you know, our rights to things on so many issues, like whether it's even our DNA and whether, you know, do, do I want to, you know, expose a crime my father did three year, 13, 14, you know, 30 years ago, ago because I just want to know where I came from or... Or would you rather put the time in on Ancestry and say, let me look through the census records and figure out where I came from? Because they make it easy. It's just people didn't want to take the time and go back through their records and look at it, but they'll much easier swab themselves in the mouth, mail it in out with a check for 30 bucks, and say, oh, okay. <laughs> Terry's back, by the way. Perry, you there, brother? Yes, I am. I'm right here. I am right here. <laughs> Just how how is Sparta this time of year? Uh, so far, so good, man. Really loving the new studio. I'm glad to have a microphone back instead of a cell phone. Uh, had a lot <laughs> of visitors today. Had th- one, two, three photo shoots with, uh, mm-hmm. I think, one more tomorrow. So it's been busy. But, again... Uh, no one knows how to censor me and I haven't been censored. Thank goodness. Although mm-hmm. even at that's because, you know, you're not supposed to talk about religion or politics. Well, you don't pay the bills. 
<laughs> so uh, certain conversations we have to talk about because they do matter. Matter of fact, even sitting here right now, and, 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 and I want him to get on his cell phone to join this conversation because he's a technical guy too. He understands uh, how these gray mail and all this kind of stuff works, but he didn't hear the beginning of what you said, Howard. So he's, He's, he doesn't have, he doesn't know the information. And so it's not going to be very effective to have it model because he doesn't know what you've experienced. But the fact, but he mentioned, did, did you say that, that there's someone besides DTC that uses gray mail? Uh, ben Lowman. Ben Lohman also uses gray mail. I'm sorry, who? Ben Lohman. Really? Yes. Is that, a, is that a service? Is that a, is, is that a service system? Yes, just like DTC, but bigger. They're bigger than DTC, I think. Ben. I'll be darned. I'll be darned. The I did not. Yeah, they're out of White County, McMinnville, Warren County, Manchester. So, again, and, and, but I'll, here's the thing, and, and my whole point of putting on the show tonight was, okay, this is what we know has happened. The question is, what don't we know? What could be going on? And I'm not trying to be conspiracy theorist. I'm talking about if, if Howard, you ran across this and, and this is what happened, how many other people is this happening to and people aren't talking about it? And that's why I wanted to bring it up because we might get some emails or comments or responses about this with other people that have experienced. So if you're listening to the show and you've had this problem, please reach out to us, ambitsradio@gmail.com. Find us on Facebook whatever, but get in communication with us because everybody needs to know. I mean, I don't get my email or my, my news from my email. I don't, I get it from the internet or television, but if Howard, you didn't do that, we wouldn't have known that this situation happens. I hear you. I hear you. Well, I was, I am still shocked, you know, and it, I, I do understand, you know, the, the terms of engagement with a, with another corporation and their rules and whatnot that I didn't read. And Alex is absolutely correct about that. Um, you know, not knowing what you're getting into the thing, the thing that, that bothers me most is the proprietary nature of this company over this rural area. And I mean, rural people are at least all the ones I know out here. Um, eight out of ten of them are extremely conservative, and if they're if they're missing their emails, you know it might be the only thing that they're they're getting that uh, they get their news from. Because um, I can't personally, I can't stomach the mainstream media for longer than five to ten minutes. You know, unless it's movies, you know that's it. But. Uh, well- well, I think it also has to do with a little bit uh, engaging more in your public officials. Um, you're seeing a lot of people these days get less and less active when it comes to getting to know their political officials who are running for office. Instead of, you know, you're seeing less people go out to, you know, town hall meetings or or local community engagement events that your your, your candidates for local office are having. You're just seeing a lot of people go down the party line when it comes to electing, whether or not they even know what the person stands for. Sure, sure, absolutely. That is the curse of the two-party system. 
<laughs> Unfortunately. I, I don't know. I, I have the feeling that hopefully this time around uh, that uh, people are being a little more attentive. And I, I think they are with the serious, seriousness of the nature of our, of our um, social condition in this, in this country today. Um, I would really hope that more people are paying more attention to their surroundings. You know, I would really hope so. Well, brother, that would come back to having faith in our humanity back again. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> I, I don't know about I don't know about anybody else on this show, but I just lose a little bit of faith in humanity. Just just that much more every day. You know, yeah. we 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 have gotten to the point where uh scary. You know. It, it's getting scary. I mean I, I you know I, you you can you can read about you know on the news you know people doing absolutely Insane. idiotic things and then idiotic things like things that you know just defy Darwinism and its sense yeah. and it's just core values like oh you you shoved your head in the tailpipe of a car and got stuck there you know oh. <laughs> and then now it's a contest. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. And, and, and ne- next thing you know, it's the the tailpipe challenge on Facebook. Oh, we're eating Tide Pods today. That's that's always healthy, you know. Let me also add and, a, a, a a quick comment because uh, earlier within our show, um, there was some concern about us talking politics. And let me tell you something. I started the show saying we're going to talk about censorship, just because Howard Axtell happens to have some sanity and some brains doesn't mean we judge him for it. We don't do that at Ambet's radio. If anybody from the left wanted to be on the show, they're more than happy to come on the show and talk about it. But the fact remains the censorship is censorship. And one of the mm-hmm. things which I tell my kids, and it is a joke. So anybody who's just going to take the context from this next comment only, I'm going to make sure to add <laughs> something after it. But I tell my kids, guys, I hate everybody equally. <laughs> Ultimately, I don't hate anybody, and you know that. But the fact remains is we have people in this world who who don't like – if you're, if you're white, you have an issue with black. If you're red, you have an issue with green. If you're top, you have an issue with bottom. It, it's life. It's, it's, the, it's what we deal with. And, and if you think that right now until the end of 2020, this is going to stop, huh, it's not. It's only heating up. And, and the fact remains is that we have an engaged country who has seen a difference in how this economy and how everything is running. And, and, and my favorite thing is if you don't vote, you can't complain about it. So go out and vote, vote accordingly, however you want to vote. And no, I would never tell you how to vote, but the fact remains is censorship is very real. People have been trying to stop people for talk. I mean, Howard, let me ask you a question. Is this the first time we've ever had a problem with this or back hundred years ago or 50 years ago? Did we have a problem with this? No, it was written by a Chinese company. And I don't mean that in a, any kind of an ethnic way at all, but it was written in China. <laughs> and the Chinese form of government uses it to censor, and just like Alex says, typically it's government. And uh, it's right, but in this country today, we uh, there is a large group of financial backers and a large group of people that are the arm of 
various parts of the government, it's like DTC. DTC, people think it's just a podunk hillbilly uh, server system. They aren't. They have got huge government contracts. And, I mean, that is their mainstay, and they don't really talk a lot about it because it's more than likely top secret and the things that they do, but in, in encryption and a number of other areas. So, you know, I, I don't know. You know, I have I have no way of knowing who does. But uh, censorship is censorship. Basically, it means that a certain sector of people is not getting are not getting all of the information that you typically could. And that bothers me. I don't like being one of them, and I really hate seeing anybody else, you know, having uh, to participate in something where um, they're being told one side of a story and you don't have the other side because, inf- I mean, life, you only know what you hear or what you see. And <laughs> if you're not seeing it and you're hearing something, uh, you know, totally on a different um, on a different wavelength. You know, that's all you have to believe in. You know, besides common sense. You've got these sitting down their families, and they're absolutely just last. Try dinner. Perry, you're breaking up. I'm breaking up. I Perry, uh, the mic is 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 static right now. Static. Your, your mic is coming through static. Yeah, it's breaking up. It's breaking up. Is breaking. Yep, it's still doing it. Hold mute. Hold that thought. No, just keep. Boy, it looks like his mic went. I know. He was so happy about getting his brand new mic back. And <laughs> Keep and, talking. Uh, Keep talking, guys. Don't don't let me stop you. I'm just trying to figure out why it's going wrong. Hey, we, we got well, you Well, back. now it's back. back. Now it's good. <laughs> now you're good. I I'm think. trying to run a speed test right now for the Internet, but you guys keep going. I'll be right back. I think you're fine now. He's going to run a speed test. God, I used to go through this. <laughs> I finally had ETC bounce me up to a to a rate that they didn't even know they had. Only one of their upper techs knew they had it. And that cured my radio problem. Got to have a whole lot of soup. How long you been doing radio, Alex? Mm. See, I started out as a writer, and then radio kind of, you know, as as you write and write and write, and every so often now you shift over to that other side where you're the actual on-air person. I mean, you see it a lot in in Hollywood and other, you know, forms of media industry. But uh, I started out as a writer. I was uh, first published in 2008, and uh, I continue to write. 
uh, all, all the way up until when I got onto the show. I mean, and then, you know, I, I, I still write topics for the show and some means of conversation. And, but uh, now I'm on the other side. Uh, I, I, for a while, I had a problem with, because of my traumatic brain injury, uh, I had to learn how to uh, walk, talk, read, and write again. And so I made it a firm effort to publicly speak as often as I possibly could because right you're not going to improve or get that back unless you go out there, push yourself outside of the comfort zone and, uh, and, and, and try to reclaim that and do it. Exactly. And so over the last couple of years, I've been doing public speaking every now and then. And uh, I, Perry had me on the radio show a couple of months back last earlier this year during our state SEC convention here at Post 45 in Paris. And I came on the show a couple of times and, you know, I helped Perry out with the show every now and then and became a contributor. And next thing you know, I'm uh, the co-host of Ambets Radio. So I'm, I'm glad to be here. And I'm glad that we can have a, you know, that I could be a okay. voice as the devil's advocate. We still Very have cool. a, the thing is we, we still have a voice and that's the point. And thank goodness. We exactly. Have a voice. And that, and, and what frustrates me sometimes with Ambet's radio is that, you know, we can have, we've got 1200 posts throughout the whole, or yeah, 1200 posts throughout the whole country and they could have a voice too. And it's free. It's not going to cost them anything to be on it. And so ultimately I was loving the fact that Reed was talking about helping continuing to promote the radio show. We had the, the Mark on who is a Ambet's president for his post and he never even heard of it. And I thought, wow, man, that's some kind of a, that's unique, nope. but what are you going to do? So we just got to keep going. We got to keep uh, streaming. We, we got to keep making it available. It's still available on iTunes. Uh, and so that's good. Uh, but we got to continue to, um, you know, to share these posts and, and share this information because we do know it works. We do know that we have people that listen to the show. What people don't realize is that some people are listening now live while other people are not. They'll listen to it tomorrow. They'll listen to it the day after a lot of our listenership comes way after our show and not even the day of the show. That's, that's kind of the reason why I like to pick topics that I know are relevant and that are not time, you know, so that, that was kind of like the one thing about the suicide conversation we had about the number of suicides. Some say 22, some say 23, some say 30, some say 40, some say 15, but the fact remains they one too many. So if we can continue to, to share this information, if we can continue to keep the airways open, to let people communicate about the issues that they're facing at their AMBETS post or at their department or even at national, so be it. Perry, you should talk to WGNS in Murfreesboro. Okay. They would probably carry the show. Okay. You have a contact there, is- there or no? Ah, boy, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. I do not remember. Um, I do not remember. Just remember the Human Food Factor show if if you want to bounce a reference in my name. Yeah, uh, but I've done, Howard, I've done that before, and they go, well, I'm not going to say who? what they said. But. <laughs> uh, was that the guy, uh, uh, Tattoo, what? Huh? The Palomino Club, what? Huh? I mean, we got to be careful when we use your name. You know that. No, I was on just just before Alex Jones and uh, and uh, um, and uh, what is that? The Glenn Beck Coast. 
coast, no, coast, uh, coast, coast, coast to coast. coast. Yeah, yeah I think that was with Glenn Beck. Oh, I didn't catch it with Glenn Beck. Um, now, hey, Howard, Howard, let's talk about your, your veteran service. When did you serve again? You're, were I you served, in Vietnam? Uh, yes, I was. Aha. Uh-huh. Yes, I was. I was a medic for the 101st Airborne, and I cool. actually looked I never looked up on a map where I was because I never really was that uh, interested in where I was um, until about two or three months ago. And I put it up on Facebook. I put a map, and I went, oh, my God. I was just south of China, just to the east of uh, Burma and Thailand, and uh, right on the border of North Vietnam and South Vietnam. Now, Howard, who were you with with the 101st? I was with 1st Brigade Combat Team when I started I in the 101st. The 360, uh, the 360 Medical Battalion. Okay. And we were in uh, in uh, a place called uh, North of Fubai, Camp Evans. And now, about, uh, I wish we would have had you on the show last week because one of the things we were talking about is how uh, a lot of the problems that we see that concern our veteran population, we were specifically talking about drugs and alcohol abuse. Um, you know, these are, these are not new issues. I mean, as someone who served in Vietnam, I'm sure there are a lot of issues you're seeing that are plaguing today's veterans that, that even went on back then, but it was – the fact that it was taboo, that it was scary, that it was talking about the, the, the worst parts of behavior for one of the most honored populations in the U.S. I mean, you're talking about substance abuse. You're talking about domestic violence. You're talking about PTSD, head injury. You're talking about, yeah. you know, a lot of the things that, you know, are not so honorable about the honorable service that a lot of us go through. Yeah, no kidding. And I mean... I mean, a lot of these issues were issues prevalent in Vietnam, but I think one of the big things that, you know, affected that was the, the climate of America at the time, you know, and the way that Vietnam veterans were treated and the way how, how you look at a lot of Vietnam veterans, they didn't even acknowledge their service until decades after they served. They would yeah. hide the fact that they were Vietnam veterans. Right. Well, there was no real point of it. They didn't have a name for Agent Orange because, uh, you know, mm-hmm. they weren't willing to accept that as a as a uh, a problem. And there wasn't a word really for PTSD, uh, so it wasn't really other than like for... shell shock or exactly. or battlefield fatigue. Exactly, exactly. So you know, most of us just just blew it off and it was life as normal. I will tell you this, when I got back, uh, I was screaming, raving nuts. And I was just a hillbilly hick out of the, out of the interior of Alaska, lived out in the woods all my life. I'd never seen drugs. I'd never seen, really seen booze. Uh, now, what was the prevalence of those things overseas in Vietnam? What was the what? 
what was the prevalence of the usage of like drugs and stuff in, in overseas during the time of Vietnam for those of oh, us ridiculous. who may not be fully aware? Ridiculous. I mean, constant, constant. Of course, you know, I was a medic and, you know, I used to watch our, our COs and the officers line up as soon as it got dark, uh, to the safe in the, uh, in the medical tent <laughs> And everybody take their choice, and uh, it was very, very prevalent in in all aspects. And and that, and, and that's one thing we didn't. That's one thing we didn't really get into last week on our show. How do you think that affected the the, the battlefield effectiveness and the combat effectiveness of our soldiers who are fighting this battle on you know? Substances that in, that we know now impair judgment. Well, I'll give you an example. And uh, I'm not trying were... to discredit anybody's service. I'm not trying to discredit you know the absolute bravery that comes with serving in conflict. But well, neither I, I am, do. Neither am I. But I will say this. I mean, they would give us speed to keep us mm-hmm. awake after the first and second day of being awake on on. Um, on patrol, and we would all take it, and I don't know if it came, um, I don't know if it came from the hires up or where it came from, but, um, I mean, we'd be up so long um, out on patrol on these uh, five-man, five and eight-man, or seven and eight-man patrols that, uh, I mean, we'd see pink, uh, Panthers jumping through the jumping through the jungle. I mean, that's how um, how messed up we get from lack of sleep and uh, and the drugs. Um, it was bizarre. It was bizarre, and I don't know. It was the first thing that I got treated to when I got there, and uh, I don't know it. Basically, and I really hate to say this, and the the military is an honorable is an honorable establishment, uh, but uh, the military ruined my life. You know, it caused me to go in a completely different direction than any sane person would have gone. Um, hell, I wanted to be a doctor, <laughs> and uh, well, that didn't go very far, but. Uh, I came back and I stayed the way that I was until I was about 40 and then decided to go legit and started learning the things that I normal people learn when they're in their 20s about business and that sort of thing and uh, pretty bizarre, pretty bizarre. But, but Howard, if you would have done that, if you would have became a doctor, you would not have become a singer-songwriter. And at the age of seventeen, I would not have been in the studio with Tom Petty's producer. I would. Do you understand? So, although you could look I back, no regrets. You know what I mean? I have, I have no regrets, Perry. None at all. You can't. You've you've written I've, over a hundred beautiful I've, songs, I've, man, that have changed the lives of many. Well, I've lived the life of five men. If I were gone ten years ago, I would have I would have had to kick myself for feeling sorry for myself. <laughs> but uh, still upright, got a beautiful young wife, 
and uh, just keep plugging along. And uh, I'm really glad to see the vets are being are being better taken care of. Uh, a day late and a dollar short, but at least we got somebody getting it done. Well, and, and in a sense, they they are better taken care of than previous generations. But I think we're a long way from where it needs to be. I mean, you're talking about oh. a generation of men and women who have given up pretty much inconceivable liberties that any person would if you told them tomorrow to give it up, you know, they, they would just throw up in arms and say, how dare you ask me to do that? So these young men and oh, women. It's a job, you know, man. It's just a oh, job. Oh, it is. I mean, and it, and it, well, it definitely is, but, you know, when it comes to the fact of the matter, I mean, these young men and women who served, just as I and you have, you know, we give up a lot to, to serve our nation. And I think in a sense, you know, it, it we give up that to help protect the liberties of our country and the safety of the country. But when we come back, you, you still have veterans who are taking their own lives because they're getting inadequate care for their PTSD. They're getting inadequate care for military sexual trauma. They're getting inadequate care for their traumatic brain injuries. They're getting loaded up with all these medications that have been known to to cause suicidality. And, you know, the, yeah. you know, they're suffering from alcohol abuse, substance abuse. They're, they're truly still suffering even long after their service. And that's what I love about AMVETS is because AMVETS is dedicated to making sure those who served are served once again in, in the best way possible, whether it comes to treatment for any of the wounds of war or the issues that come thereafter, whether it be substance abuse, domestic violence, any of these things. And they're out there advocating to make sure that these things don't go unnoticed. And I love the fact that I have the opportunity to be on AMVETS Radio and to talk about these issues because, like we said, we're in an age of instant gratification. You know, you know, the voices of our veterans coming back from Vietnam, going back to the topic of censorship, that was censorship. You had an entire population ignoring the service of our veterans coming back from Vietnam and, 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 and bastardizing them amongst the rest of the population, treating them as though they were villains when they were just well, serving their country, and many of them were drafted by by against their 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 choice. Well, and so not only that, not only that. I mean, while I was sitting over there, it was funny because I got newspapers, I got uh, care packages for my folks occasionally, and I'd get they'd be wrapped in newspapers, and <laughs> every one of us over there knew that what everybody over here was being told was not the way it was over there. Because mm -hmm. we got, I mean, I get this news in that the president is de-escalating the war. When in fact, I was, I was on patrol with cherries that had just processed in, and they were processing in yeah, 5,000 a week. You know, just as a for instance, I mean, it was a it was a sham of a of a war in the first place, and we all knew it, you know, as much as we could know. And you know, basically, when you're in a position like that and you've got a job to do, you do the best you can, and mm -hmm. primarily was to stay alive. You know, and oh, at yeah. that point, you know, you're not really fighting. 
I mean, yeah, you're fighting for the red, white, and blue, but the red, white, and blue turn into your brothers that you're there with, your brothers and sisters. You're fighting for the man to the left and right of you. Exactly. Exactly. And then you come back to the flag, and, you know, and you know this is where it came from, and you know what what you know. And, I mean... Immediately, the first thought on your mind is, oh, my God, what have I done? You know, besides being so unbelievably lucky to be alive, you know, I mean, whew, that's quite a lot to swallow. You know, right. I mean, you, there's a lot of different ways of looking at it. And, I mean, <laughs> there's the there's the facts, and then there's, you know, then there's, the second layer of facts, and I'm the world's greatest patriot in the world, one of them, and it's just, you know, it's it's history uh, repeating itself, and it's the people that are at the top that, uh, that do these things, that mm-hmm. orchestrate, you know, orchestrate the direction and um, of, you know, combat. Um, I I don't know. It's just uh, now, you know, it, uh, it's something it's something you really don't have control over, but it's just the way it is. Well, hey, well we do have control over it. Well, hey, I, mean, I'm, I I don't mean to sound hopeless or anything like that. That's <laughs> not my that's not my intent. Well, I don't mean but, to make you sound hopeless, but I think it's, you know, how we direct our culture and our climate in America that is the that, that's where we derive our power and our control over it. I mean, when you have young artists who but, are singing it, songs about nothing but shooting up drugs and and risky sexual behavior, and the next thing you know, they die of a drug overdose or a disease caused by risky sexual behavior, and we're all shocked. We're all like, oh, no, he died too young. You listen to the man's music. You know that's what he was doing, and you're shocked about it? Now, hey, hold Barry, on. I like hey, guy. Hey, Howard. Hey, Barry, I like guy. Hey, <laughs> do you hear me okay? Can you hear me? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, good. Hold on a second, guy. Don't go anywhere. I have a surprise. Hold on. I'm in the business making music. I'm in the business of bringing you love. And maybe tonight we'll play at the cantina or fill the streets of Beverly Hills or a barroom up in Bold Colorado. In Alaska, where we play out in the
How'd you like that one, Howard? <laughs> Pretty slick, pair. <laughs> Love your but, drums, but, by the way. <laughs> well, listen. One, first of all, we've got about four minutes left, but I, I just want to stop because, again... You know, this is kind of a, it really wasn't a heated conversation, but it's a pretty intense conversation. And one of the things that I'm, I am grateful, man, that you decided to go into music because that's what you did. All the songs that you've written, all those hundreds of songs from Broken Heart Store, man, they have carried me through my life. And I just wanted to take the, the final moments of this show to thank you for your life and for your dedication and the loss that you, I mean, listen, you would not have written all these songs if you're, if you were married to the same woman for 65 years. Can I get an amen? Amen. <laughs> and so again, you you were in the business to serve our country. And after you got done serving our country, you served me and all the people that enjoyed your music. And I'm just grateful, man, that you, are the guy that you are. No, we don't get a, uh, ever since I moved from uh, Smithville, which is the closest we've been for a long, long time. Well, uh, we don't get to see each other as much, but I just wanted to thank you for taking the time to, to share your experience of what you went through, hoping that somebody will see why things are going on the way they are. And then maybe just maybe do something about it. Well, I appreciate all you guys. It's really a pleasure to meet your, your co-host, Alex. Um, in any event, uh, thank you very much, Perry. The pleasure is definitely all mine. And by the way, your drums sound tremendous. <laughs> well, you know, it's, if there, there's, listen, there's, there's three things that I've done right in this lifetime. One, I've been a great dad. I've really tried Two, I've tried to be a good friend and three, there's nothing wrong with kicking a little butt behind those drums. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. Well, Amen. guys, I want to thank you so much for joining Ambet's Radio tonight. 
Remember, AMBETS Radio is dedicated to bringing you the most up-to-date information about AMBETS, including the who, what, where, when, and why. This show would not be possible if it wasn't for AMBETS Georgia, Florida, California, Arkansas, Tennessee, uh, Tennessee Post 45, uh, the Nashville Post 1776, the Elks Lodge 1944, the Tri-Cities Military Affairs Council, uh, and it would be easier if I just said TMAC, but I never do that because I always feel like they're not going to know what I'm talking about. And, of course, Painter's Dream Productions. And, folks, join us next week, Tuesday, at the same time as we have AMBETS Radio, show number 82, live from Sparta, Tennessee. Yeah! Until next time.